Hey baby girl, are you ready for bedtime? Have you done your teeth? Good girl. Time to get into bed, right here next to me. That's it. Get under the blankets where it's nice and warm. Snuggle in, right here under my arm. Good girl. That's it. Good cuddles. You can listen to the rest of this DDLG audio story for free. Just visit harleyrabbit.com and use the code BEDTIME at the checkout. Offer available until the 31st of December. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey, hey, friends, it is Harley Rabbit here. Welcome to Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. Today, we are doing a deep dive into age play. I was lucky enough to sit down with a kinkster called Bear. Um, He is from Perth, Western Australia, and is very active in the age play scene over there. Bear is extremely passionate about this space, as I'm sure you'll be able to tell from this interview. Um, He's a little himself, but he also runs workshops and has recently opened up his own physical store in Kelmscott, Western Australia, um, which specializes in little and pet play gear. That one's called The Bear's Cave, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you're interested. We cover a lot of ground in this conversation from the various different forms of age play, ABDL, little space, middle space, etc., um, we also talk about some of the common misconceptions, um, age play hypnosis, which I didn't know was a thing. We talk about dealing with shame, how to support your caregivers, um, events, and lots more. Bear has kindly offered listeners a free copy of his submissive questionnaire PDF, which is a really helpful resource of the kind of questions you can ask when you're going to play with a new partner. So if you'd like your free copy of that, you can email bear at little.bear79 at gmail.com. That's spelt L-I-D-D-L-E dot bear, B-E-A-R 79 at gmail.com. I am also doing a giveaway for this episode, as you would have heard um, the ad at the start. Um, Right now, you can grab yourself a free lifetime ticket to my audio story, Daddy Reads You a Bedtime Story, which is obviously an age play one. You can grab that on my website, harleyrabbit.com, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Just remember to use the code BEDTIME at the checkout, which is valid until the end of this year, which is not too far away. Um, And that reminds me, that means this is the last episode for 2023. What a year it's been. This podcast launched about eight months ago, back in May this year. Um, And since then, I've done 34 episodes, had almost 3,500 downloads um, and have been played in 41 countries around the world, which is pretty fucking incredible. If you're curious, the top 10 countries are Australia, United States, Canada, Germany, United Kingdom, South Africa, France, Ireland, New Zealand, Belgium, and the Netherlands. 
I'm actually learning Dutch at the moment on Duolingo, so I was excited to see the Netherlands in there. Um, Just want to give a huge shout out to you for listening to this podcast, wherever you are in the world right now. Um, It honestly warms my heart just to know that people are listening and especially to know that this podcast has a global reach. The whole purpose of this podcast is to create a more kink-positive world. And I would say after eight months, we are off to an excellent start. So thank you so much. If you'd like to help the show grow even more, remember, you can give me a five-star rating. Um, those are anonymous on both Spotify and Apple, and they help others, other people find the podcast. If you have left me a five-star rating, thank you so much. It is really appreciated. All right. Lastly, before we jump in, um, I'm actually going to be taking a short break over Chrissy and New Year's. I am planning to be back the second week of Jan, but it might be the third. We'll see how I go. I'm going to be visiting my mum and taking some well-needed time off away from the computer, which I'm really looking forward to. Now, I know that Christmas can be a wonderful time for many of us, and it can also be a difficult time. So I just wanted to say whatever Christmas looks like for you, I hope you're taking good care of yourself. All right. With all of that said, I will see you in the new year. And until then, please enjoy my age play interview with Bear. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. it. All right. Well, Bear, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to chat to you today because age play is such a huge topic. I know it's one that a lot of my listeners have a lot of questions and curiosity about, and it's something that I'm really interested in exploring more myself. So really interested in hearing about your journey with this and also getting your perspective on some of the the common questions that get asked in this space. Yeah, sure. Um, um, but I thought a good place to start would be if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify in the kink community. Sure, Ken. Um, so I started out about uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> um, not in kink, not in kink. But okay. <laughs> I started out, um, yeah, very young trying to uh, get back into things that uh, I was supposed to be getting out of at that age. And, yeah, so through my, um, I guess, childhood, early teens, um, yeah, that was something that uh, it was always with me and I, I always thought I was a little bit weird. And, um, and then uh, it seemed to go away a little bit later on, uh, mid-teens to 20s, and then um, I remember uh, becoming single uh, and then jumping on the internet and buying my first pack online of uh, of nappies and was like, uh, this is just heaven. And um, yeah. I think I could get used to being single and not having to worry about trying to convert a vanilla relationship into, <laughs> into this. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, I started out as a DL, which is a diaper lover, which um, then uh, kind of found fit life through uh other websites through Facebook and alt.com. Um joined a kick group with other local littles and realized that um I identified a little bit older than the adult baby kind of 
okay. uh, age bracket. Uh, just the fact I didn't really know about anything else. I, I just assumed that because I was a DL that I was automatically an AB as well. Um, and it, it just never sat right really and I never felt totally comfortable with the baby stuff. So I just kind of, uh, when, once I discovered that I could kind of identify a little bit older and um, and that there was such a thing, um, yeah, it really resonated with my uh, inner, inner monologues and my uh, inner being. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so then I've, I've started the journey since then. I started going to a few of the uh, kink events that um, some businesses were holding um, locally. So uh, my first one was a Little's Talk. Uh, there's probably about 15, 20 people there, and we just had a discussion about what it was and people's experiences and stuff. And um, so they decided to, the same people decided to, run a movie night and there was about three of us turned up plus the host so I decided from there that I was going to uh, try and work on gathering as many littles as I can and as many other people in the lifestyle as I could so that next time someone had an event on that you know we could get more numbers there and and get people sort of turning up um, to encourage I suppose event owners to uh, have more events and to grow it a bit, and uh, so that's been my mission. So I've over the years, probably the last eight years that I've run munches, I've run events. Um, I've also uh, developed a little sort of messenger group for friends of mine that um, are vetted and and that I would trust completely to have in my house and my property and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Um, just on that, I think that's an important thing for others as well to have that sort of safe network of people that um, they feel comfortable around and absolutely, uh, and yeah. So, so yeah, so that's that's going okay. Um, well, I've run that for about the last sort of five six years, and um, we've got about 25, 30 people in the group, and uh, yeah. yeah um, recently, locally, uh, um, I suppose we had a. Um, a mummy type pop up, and uh, she had an interest in running events and stuff as well. So I've sort of uh, teamed up with her a little bit in the early stages that she came on the scene, and um, I helped her with betting and helped her with getting to know people in the scene and, and yeah. stuff like that. And um, she's since gone out on her own a, a little bit more doing. Um, uh, her own events and stuff as well and getting a bit of a following with that. Um, yeah, so moving on, I'm, I'm just going to be running um, a few more munches and also um, doing some workshops, some educational workshops, doing a four-part series at the moment, starting on caregivers a couple of weeks ago and then uh, my next one will be on middles, then littles and then ABDLs. Wow. There is so much that I want to ask you about in all of that. First of all, I want to take you back to the start. Um, you mentioned that your first step on this journey was you became single and went out and bought your first packet of nappies. I would love to learn more about what made you take that jump. What what made you know that was what you wanted to do? Um, had you seen much age play stuff before 
Um, yeah, generally through my Facebook groups and stuff that I'd um, seen others interacting and I'd seen, um, you know, I was in a few forums and stuff um, online as well before FetLife and Alt.com and stuff. But um, right. it was a mix of uh, genuine incontinent people yeah. as well as, uh, you know, those more enthusiast people. Um, there was a little bit of battle going on because um, there were those that were incontinent that had embraced it, so to speak. So rather than be, you know, disappointed and sad about having to wear them full time, they've actually embraced it and, yeah. you know, uh, decided to enjoy it rather for what it is. Um, and then there were those that on the other side that weren't incontinent that wanted to be and were, you know, uh, were strongly advised against it. Um, yeah, we it was a big message that it's not all it's cracked up to be. There's a lot of complications and stuff with doing that, um, even though it is a seems to be a ABDL goal is to, um, you know, need them. Well, um, so, sorry, can I just dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Are you, like, is there a way to make yourself incontinent? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, there's, um, well, they sort of refer to it as unpotty training. Um, oh, okay. And it's basically training, retraining yourself to, um, you know, not hold on basically and and just uh, allow things to take their place without yeah. going to the toilet basically. It, it seems to be a common goal with ABDLs that um, I, I think more psychologically it's to justify and validate themselves, like why they want to wear them and stuff. So, um, you know, because obviously if uh, if they were seen in public, if you have a need for them, you can justify having them on. Right. If, if you just wear for fun or because you, you enjoy it, it's... Uh, <laughs> People don't it's understand that. Yeah. Subject, you know, so, yeah. Wow. This is a good point to ask. Um, you've mentioned the DL, like diaper lover, and also there's littles and middles and all sorts of different kinds of age play. Um, yeah. Could you maybe explain the difference between a, a, a diaper lover and a little, for example? Is it yep, just um, literally the the diaper itself or is there more involved? So <laughs> uh, diaper lovers generally don't um, necessarily it's it's a separate thing um it, it's almost akin to being so a little and a sub it, it can be completely separate to uh so you can be a little and a dl sort of thing as well so it's right um so the dl side uh doesn't necessarily involve age play and and, and basically it's more focused around uh the diapers and the feeling of them and the texture and right. the um, and then, then you have the age play brackets, which is then your adult babies, littles, middles, and bigs and caregivers. Yeah. Um, so uh, generally, adult babies range from uh, sort of zero to two to three. Uh, your littles are more sort of two to three to around sort of seven or eight, and then uh, your middles start from there upwards. So. Pretty much. I mean, you, you could sort of loosely look at the difference between, say, zero to kindy, uh, kindy to 
primary school and then high school upwards kind of thing is your yep. middle kind of thing, I guess. So, you know, not, obviously there's different, uh, you know, different people identify themselves, you know, different ages, but yeah. generally those age brackets are, are pretty ballpark. I suppose it says it's a dependence as well. Like So for adult babies, you tend to um, have a high dependence on your caregivers and mm-hmm. um, everything, and then there's the littles that kind of don't need as much dependence and they, they like to do their own thing, and um, and the middles generally um, almost independent and but just, you know, obviously still uh, having the caregiver for a few things. but. Yeah. Yeah, not all not all uh, age players need caregivers either. So you know they're quite happy doing things themselves and and whatever. But yeah, I, I guess it's more just whatever you feel comfortable within yourself um, and and experimenting with things and finding out what exactly you're into. I, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody has an inner child. Um, yeah. Some like to lock their inner child out for whatever reason others you know through possibly you know trauma or or uh other things that uh have happened in a childhood and that but um i i guess uh some people use age play and uh, particularly age regression as uh, a coping mechanism for um for past traumas and stuff or even present traumas um and others Others just do it because that was a great time in their life and they want to relive that and, yeah. and go back to that time when they were cared for, looked after, and and um, they didn't have uh, responsibilities and, yeah. and, and and things like that. Yeah, yeah so. it's almost like a bit of escapism there, it's like going yeah. back to a nice, comfortable time. Very similar to subspace. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to explain it. Um, I, I'm really wanting to ask you about, you mentioned um, age regression there and this is something that I want to clarify because I read an article recently um, I think it was on the the kinky pinky I don't know that was the website I'll put a link to it in the show notes if anyone's curious but it it talked about there being age play and age regression as two separate things and that age play was essentially they said pretending to be little and age regression was more you're, you've actually regressed psychologically and become that age. Um, and the article made the point that it should never be sexual if it's genuine age regression, which raised a whole lot of questions in me because personally when when I get into my little space, it's very, very different to my adult headspace. I'm still aware, like I still feel like I can make consensual decisions. Um, but my adult thoughts are almost like distant or separate, like they're someone else's. Like I can hear them, but they're not, I'm not attached to them. I'm I'm in a very different mindset. But I find when I'm in that headspace, it doesn't feel like I'm pretending, but I also feel very comfortable having sex in that headspace. I know it's not sexual for everyone, but um I'm yeah, I'm I really want to learn more about what in your opinion is the difference between age play and age regression or are they the same thing um no i wouldn't say they're the same thing and i've had i've had experience with this before in terms of um people that identify as littles but don't age regress so they basically it's more about 
what they enjoy doing. So they might, uh, in their spare time, just enjoy colouring in a book mm-hmm. or they might enjoy playing games or Lego or watching Disney movies or something like that without actually regressing back to a certain age or anything like that. They they, um, they just naturally enjoy those sort of things. Right. Um, regression, I, I think, is more, obviously, like you said, it's a psychological kind of headspace yeah, like I said it's more a regimented thing. It's more like you need to say uh, it, there's a defining kind of moment between adult and regression sort of thing. And then, whereas outside of that, in the non-age regression, it, it can be fluid and it can come in and out. I mean, for instance, I go to a supermarket and then sometimes um, <laughs> I end up going into like a little headspace in the su- supermarket, which doesn't mean that I'm I've regressed. It just means it's just part of, you know, something that triggered me off. Yeah. That you know, uh, particularly when I'm by myself, it's not really not anywhere <laughs> with other people. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. So um, I think there's a whole subject around psychology of uh, age play and everything, and and um, it is a very psychological kink. I mean, it is a mindset. So it's you you don't physically. Your body doesn't change or anything like that. So, right. But your mind changes, you know. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes I wish my body changed and I could fit into some of the bloody clothes <laughs> that, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have to go to buy giant stuff. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. But um, as far as the sexual side of things go, I think it's completely up to the individual. Mm. Um, I don't have an issue with sexual littles um i don't have an issue with non-sexual littles i I think it needs as long as it's communicated and as long as it's everything's consensual um then i yeah i I don't see um i I think anyone that judges that you know people shouldn't shouldn't be sexual yeah that's a little far-fetched to be doing that i think everybody has different kind of aspects of their life and and if they're sexual in middle space whether they've regressed or not is is a um, obviously with regression there might be a you know they might have given consent while they were an adult mm-hmm. to allow their partner or caregiver or somebody to be sexual with them while they're in that space. Um, bearing in mind that you know at the end of the day we, we aren't children we are we are adults right. over eighteen so as long as that consent's given before. Um, the only the only grey area there would be that consent couldn't may not be withdrawn. I guess if um, if you you've know, regressed, yeah. Um, but there, you know, there are always safe words. There are always, you know, with the right caregivers, and 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 this, I stress that you make sure that you uh, really get to know your caregiver before you in, engage in in that sort of thing. Absolutely, um, and really trust that they're not going to, I suppose, push you beyond your limits and, um, you know, you can trust them to, you know, stay at your comfortable levels. So, yeah, because yeah, I think um, it's such a vulnerable headspace. You mentioned it being a very um, psychological kink and I think it's really important to be able to trust that caregiver or the person that you're with while you're in that headspace and that they can 
read you and perhaps um, know you well enough to know what you need in that moment, especially if it does become sexual and that you've given consent for that. If for any reason, while you've regressed, you feel like maybe, no, this isn't okay. I think you want to be with someone who could read you and, and, and make that call. Yep. Yeah. At least put something in place. Um, you, you know, for example, you, you could be holding something in your hand and, and if you drop that, it means consent's been withdrawn or something like that, you know. So, right. um, yeah, uh, just just little things you can do to still have that sort of safe word available if, if needed. Yeah, that's great. I, I especially like the idea of maybe having a non-verbal safe word because sometimes words can be tricky when you're, depending on what age you're in. Yes, yeah. All you're saying is cookies and uppies. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'd love to know a bit more about what little space is like for you. You mentioned that you're a, a, around a, a toddler age. Is that right? Uh, about three to six. I, I've always sort of hung around. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I uh, am one of the, I suppose, being a cisgendered male, I'm, um, I'm one to be quite comfortable about my masculinity and uh yeah and um and even as a little I identify you know as a kind of masculine identifying little boy that you know would do all the things the little boys do so yeah <laughs> um, you know I'm, I'm usually the one in the ball pit throwing the balls at other people and uh <laughs> being cheeky um, yeah yes yeah. so I've got this thing as soon as someone bends over i Peg a ball at their butt, you know. Most of them have got diapers, uh, you know, the diapers on anyway. So yeah, yeah, lots of padding um, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but also uh, do a bit of Lego. I like, I like my Lego. Um, and you know, surprisingly enough, I also like sleeping. Um, oh. I, I find that in little space, um, getting changed and uh, getting into my gear and everything. Quite often, it's. Uh, you know, a nice relaxing time and, and yeah, um, to just snooze off, you know, with a stuffy or something. And, yeah, which usually means I've missed it all and by the time I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you yeah, probably had a um, great sleep though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's good. I mean, I, I quite often in the past have tried um, a few sort of hypnosis tracks and stuff as well with, um you know, regression or, or with uh, particularly, I suppose, in my early years of trying to work out how to accidentally use the nappies in my sleep kind of thing and waking up kind mm-hmm. of wet and stuff and, so, you know. Um, but obviously, you know, I also realised that, you know, I didn't really want that happening without anything on it either. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. sheet washing and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, nobody likes all that. You mentioned uh, hypnosis tracks. Is there hypnosis tracks that are specific for getting you to to go into that headspace? Yeah, that I do. Mean? So I've I've dabbled a little bit into uh hypnosis and um particularly been to a few erotic hypnosis classes. Um I at the last one I went to, I was able to have somebody put me in little space through hypnosis. Wow. Uh, so um just in a I suppose it's more just for the beginners out there that it's uh it's a sense of trance that you 
uh, as if any other hypnosis would do start with. Um, and it's the same sort of um, method of, of getting you into that trance, but it's more the then the, I guess, the language used while you're under that trance to, to put you in that sort of space. Um, and bearing in mind um, what I found with hypnosis was that uh, if there's anything you don't want to do, it won't happen. Right. So you've got to want it first before, you know, your, your brain's still conscious, so you, you can't force someone to do something that they don't want to do. So, Yeah, uh, I think uh, TV hypnosis has really um, given the yeah. wrong impression. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you, yeah, you're still in control, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I brought my... To that event, I brought my little uh, dog stuffy and my little blanket and yeah. I went with the intention of using a hypnosis to get me in a little space and, um, yeah, and it, and it worked. So it was it was wow. good. I'd never heard um, of that before. That sounds like a really good tool, if, um, yeah. particularly if you're having trouble accessing that part of you. That might be yeah. a good tool. Uh, also good for caregivers that uh, might, might want to uh, induce their little into a little space by yeah. a little trigger word or something like that. And, yeah, um, yeah that, that's always possible as well. Um, are these available online? Um, I, I would suggest seeking your local um, erotic hypnosis your, your uh, local expert. erotic hypnosis. <laughs> uh, check out. I, I would suggest look on Fet Life uh, in your groups and your hypnosis groups and stuff, and maybe putting a post up if any local people are into it or, or know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it's a how I say it's a very vulnerable um, thing as well. Uh, hypnosis because you're basically putting your mind in control of somebody else. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, can be can be dangerous with the wrong people. Right. Um, I mean, for example, there's been uh, times where a, you know, partners had uh, given their SO a trigger word and has not, and they've split up and they haven't undone that trigger word. So. Wow. Uh, that sounds yeah. really so, powerful. Yeah. So you're stuck with that trigger word for the rest of your, your days, basically, until somebody maybe comes along and overrides it all. So as in stuck with like that word will trigger you into that space or are you stuck Absolutely, in that yeah. space? So, so, I mean, you, for example, you can have a word or say broccoli and that all of a sudden turns you into a little or makes you orgasm or something and you could be wow. a and hey. <laughs> So yeah, very um, best to do it with somebody that you uh, yeah again that you can trust and and get to know a little bit first before you dabble in that sort of stuff. The YouTube stuff with age regression and age play and stuff, it's more of a repetitive thing, and you listen to it while you go to sleep, um, and it sort of plays in your subconscious while you're kind of that state between awake and sleep, but semi consciousness, and. Yeah, so if you listen to it over and over again enough, the idea was that it would start impregnating into your uh, brain, form tracks, and then, um, yeah, uh, would work. But I hadn't really seen the results of that. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that sometimes age play can be um, used as a coping mechanism for trauma and um, or past traumas or current traumas. 
or that it can just be a nice way to escape into a pleasant headspace. I'm I'm curious to ask you what it means for you when you're in that headspace. Is it just fun or do you find it healing or yeah? Um look to be honest, um I don't often get in that particular headspace. Mm. Um, I'm usually the one running the event and um uh oh, that's a example, shame. Yeah, we, we had a Christmas party just gone uh on Saturday and um I spent the entire Christmas party running my stall for my shop. So I was there in spirit and I was uh, I, it was good to be around other people that were uh in their space and enjoying it and it was it was good feeding off other people's um enjoyment and, and everything. Yeah. But yeah, particularly myself, I was sort of busy doing stuff and <laughs> which I usually am either running the event or uh or doing something else. But um the few times that I've sort of dabbled in little space, I guess it's more of an escape for me. Mm-hmm. Um as a little bit of personal background, I'm a father, husband, uh company director. And so a lot of my, responsibility there. Yeah, my everyday yeah. life's a little bit um chaotic and a little bit sort of uh yeah, responsible. So for me, little space and and also subspace is uh, something that I can use as an escape from from all that. Turn the brain off and let somebody else be in the in the seat for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a wonderful way of yeah, just turning off for a bit and getting in touch with that inner child. Are you? You mentioned your Legos and um, throwing balls at people. Is that something that you used to do as a child? Do you have nostalgic memories um, around that i don't know actually because i was, I was quite shy as a child I was okay. and um yeah so i um i suppose if that shyness disappeared i i would yeah generally be the the little brat in the corner <laughs> ending up on the naughty mat every five minutes and but so now's my chance as i'm older to take my uh rightful position on the naughty mat yep I love it. (laughs) I want to ask you about something I talk a lot about on this podcast is shame and people feeling ashamed of these desires. Um, And there is, I think, especially a lot of shame around age play just because it is something a lot of people don't understand. Um, So I think a lot of people who are listening might be really curious to explore this space but are still feeling held back by that shame I'm curious to know if you struggled with shame at all in your journey and if so how did you work through that um I still do um, yeah okay it's uh I mean I, my hand got forced a little bit by an ex-partner who uh basically broadcast it to all my friends family vanilla life um Wow. Uh, broke up with me. So, yeah, she uh, outed, <laughs> outed me with that. So, Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, with some people I managed to sort of fob it off and deny it, and uh, particularly those more on the acquaintance side and the, you know, the distant friend side sort of thing. But the closer friends and family, I sort of, um, you know, come clean and sort of, uh, yeah, it was an awkward conversation, but you know, I 
I guess um, the people that needed to know or, or that were curious a little bit more about, you know, why I was doing it and everything, I, I guess um, with the right explanation, and I suppose like anything, with a bit of education or the right explanation and stuff, um, not everything's as bad as what it's made out to be. Um, I'd say that's the case for most things, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I suppose if that, you know, with the shame side of things, that's exactly the issue is that it's a lack of education about, um, I mean, people's, uh, people seem to automatically um, go to some pretty dark areas mm. when you mention native play um, and some, you know, sort of quite illegal areas and stuff. Uh, mm. And, you know, that's completely not the case. It's, it's, consent to adults is uh 99.999% of people uh you know even make a point of saying you know no minors in kink on their profiles and and things like that because of that reason because of the stigma um another one was that uh and this was particularly in the kink community I found when I first started sort of getting out in there was that if you were into the darker lover thing that um, you automatically were into scat. Oh. Uh, yeah, just basically I got a few people commenting that, no, they didn't want to uh, have anything to do with that because they're not into scat play and and, and yeah, things Really like misunderstood. So, yeah, exactly. So, oh. again, it's just, just uh, and this is my mission or been my mission since I started running the events and the munches and stuff. I actually attended all the other events and munches as well like so all our local munches um i've been to every one of them i've been to all the play events all the you know the kink events i've just been putting myself out there to show people that you know hey we're not all like little weirdos behind the computer screen and, and just try and sort of extinguish some misconceptions and stuff of, of age play and that's particularly a now even more prominent in my workshops that I'm doing with the four-part series. Uh, a lot of that's based around stigmas and the uh, misconceptions in the community and stuff as well as um, the more in-depth or, you know, the more in-depth sort of educational side of age play, um, psychological sides and stuff like that. So I think the more the more people that get out there and particularly in the community, the age play community, the more people that get out there and show themselves to be um, normal, decent people, um, I, I think that would then take a lot of pressure off the actual age play community itself to um, out in the wider scene and also in the vanilla sort of side of things as well. Um, yeah, so. Great answer. I think you, you mentioned the two biggest things the biggest tools we have against shame, I think, is education and community. So busting all of those myths and all the the negative um, misconceptions that are, have been pushed on this by media or whatever, um, and also finding people who are just like you and, and realising that they're not weirdos and they're just normal people. I think that's one of the best things about munches. I think a lot of newbies going to their first munch, they're all like, and I was this as well. You're like, you're not, ex you're not sure what you're about to walk into. You've got all these visions of these weirdos, 
And then you get there and you're like, oh, they're just regular people. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that you're doing, it sounds like you're doing a lot for your community and um, on the events side of things and also with your, your workshops, educating people. Is that something that's online or is that in person? Uh, in person. I, I just wanted to run it locally for, um, you know, in-person attendees and stuff. I mean, in, in the future I may do, um, you know, pre-recorded sort of sessions and put it on my website for um, for purchase or something like that as well. Yeah. And, we'll, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. If I want to record it next time I do it. <laughs> um, do you mind if I mention the city that you're in? No, go for it. Yeah, so you're based in Perth, I believe. Yeah, Perth, correct. Yeah, I'm in Perth. Yeah. So um, if any, any of our listeners are in Perth um, and they maybe want to take part, should they look you up on FetLife or...? Um, they can, or they can check out the website um, and contact me through there. Or yeah, okay. I, I regularly put the events up on FetLife anyway. So before I'm, so check out the events page on Fet or Facebook. Um, Perfect. I'll I'll um put a link to those in the show yeah. notes as well. Yeah, excellent. Great. Well, um, you've spoken a little bit about caregivers, so I'd love to. Yes maybe have a bit of a chat about this side of the the yeah. dynamic. Um, well, also a little bit about me is that I'm a switch. Uh, for me to be able to switch with somebody, it's it's not. Uh, I can't switch with the same person, if you know what I mean. So, like, if I'm already in a dynamic uh, and they're a caregiver and I'm the little kind of thing, I can't switch with them. Right. But if there was somebody else that was sort of younger than my age group, so my AB um, up to sort of three or four-ish, I feel like I'm, you know, quite nurturing and caring towards them and can uh, be a caregiver for those age groups. I think if any older, then they'd start bullying me and pushing me around. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So is the caregiver... Like, do you go into a different headspace as a caregiver or is that more closer to just being yourself? Um, it's, yeah, it's more just obviously, you know, channeling my, you know, I'm already a father, you know, yeah. life, so it's not that removed from being the same. Um, yeah, so I suppose that more of a um, a service thing as well. Um, I mean, even in my other with my other hat on as a sub uh i'm also a service top so um i i top uh for rope impact uh wax uh just about everything but um i do it in service rather than to get my own gratification out of what i'm doing so in the daddy role uh, the caregiver role is is the same. Um, it's feeding off their enjoyment and and seeing them in little space and enjoying themselves and providing yeah. that space for them and, um, and and just allowing them to switch off and you know embrace their little side and not be ashamed of it and not yeah and and just allow themselves to be vulnerable and know that they're in safe hands and yeah, yeah. beautiful. Um... Do you have any advice for littles out there 
and how they can support their caregivers because I know like the when tops always get um overlooked so it's always good to talk about the needs of the top and that's something I raised in the last workshop about um aftercare as well is that aftercare is not just for the subs and the the littles and the, the bottoms uh, it's the tops as well. Doms need aftercare. They, everybody does. So, yeah. um, you know, if you're a little and you want to sit down with your caregiver and explain what you enjoyed, what you didn't enjoy, um, you know, what you want to try next time and, um, you know, how things made you feel and, and, and things like that, I think that gives the caregiver a lot of reassurance. Yeah. And, um you know feedback and 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 some um just some knowledge that they did okay that yeah they they're doing a good did. job yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I think that's uh I think that's important for caregivers to know that you know they are doing the right thing and that they are on the right track with it yeah um particularly ones that are feeling new yeah for sure uh, yeah so one of the things as a little um is to get to know yourself um before you engage with a caregiver or something um if you can even to a point if you are in a relationship already and you discover that you have little tendencies or you want to be a little it pays to uh go on a little bit of a self-discovery pilgrimage before you um you know, raise it with your caregiver or your partner or something because, um, you know, you, you need to know, I guess, a few things about yourself and how you are in little space and what you like to do and stuff like that. So, um, and a lot of uh, the caregivers sort of need a bit of more guidance, I guess, of what to do with you while you're in little space kind of thing because um, you might like punishments or you might like, just colouring in the corner or or you might even like just sleeping. So, you know, if if that's that's something you need to sort of discover for yourself and then you can relay that and communicate it with your caregiver. Um, and I think one of the things with caregivers is that quite often they'll get a kink dispenser list of uh, I want this done and I want that done and I want me, I want to get changed and I want you to you know, breastfeed and I want you to do this, all this other stuff. Um, but also look at what you can do for your caregiver to, as you know, like uh, even just as a thank you or how can you help them, you know, with their day-to-day life and make their life easier and stuff because quite often it's a one-way street of uh, the littles or ABs sort of need it, need this and need that and, and they very quite often neglect their caregivers and um and you know provide anything for them for them you know so yeah it's definitely um very one-sided in terms of who's looking after who while you're in that dynamic so you suggesting outside of the play just in in general yeah, yeah, yeah. to help support them in any way you can yeah yeah, that's, that's, right. a, that's a great idea yeah. yeah you know obviously it comes with getting to know your caregiver so if you're meeting uh you're meeting someone online um for the first time or something or you're 
messaging them for the first time to ask if they'll be your caregiver or something or, you know, uh, just stop and get to know them first as people and as friends and and um, yeah, you know, and talk Not- about their likes, dislikes, their hobbies. Yeah, and then over time you'll gradually get to learn what makes them tick and what they like. So, you know, and then maybe, you know, I mean my last time I, I got her a massage person sent over to her house and, you know, Aww. she had a massage. And, That's um, lovely. Yeah, and I was... You know, I've just done things like giving them access to my Foxtel and my Plex accounts and stuff to, yeah. you know, so they can watch movies and whatever. And um, yeah, so um, being really it appreciative really needs to be a two way street, and you need to show that you appreciate your uh, your needs getting met. I mean, yeah. same for DS relationships as well. So I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. Um, very similar. Yeah. So just on the caregiver thing, um, you you asked how common um, mummies are. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. So there's you see daddies on fet a lot, do, but yeah. um, mummies not so much. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I guess if you ask a female a little, you know, there is even a short supply of daddies as well. Like, um, and when I say daddies, I mean there are people that, or there are guys that identify as daddies, but um, it's more of a daddy dom rather than a caregiver yeah, daddy. The, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not into the age play, and you know, and yep. they're not into the. I mean, if you you turned up with your onesie and a and a nappy on, they'd probably run for the hills. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's an so, important thing to clarify. Yeah. When Daddy you, doesn't necessarily mean correct. age play. So when you when you sort of uh, looking for your daddies or mummies, um, I suppose you know just make sure you vet them and make sure they're into uh, into age play as well. Because like I said, yeah, um, daddy doms uh, may not necessarily be what you think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's relative that there are. Both around, there are both daddies and mummies on on Fit Life and, and around the community. Um, there are a lot of fake accounts and stuff getting around, asking you for registrations and asking you for money, and they will uh, they'll message you, kind of saying, "Oh, you know, would you like me to change you? And would you like me to be your mummy? And would you like me to be your daddy? And would you like, you know, this, that, and the other? And then they'll say, oh, all you have to do is register and pay your first $50 and blah, blah, blah. That's a scam. So, yeah. (laughs) um, And unfortunately, uh, inherently with the AgePay community is that, you know, we are very vulnerable and that we are easy targets sometimes for those kind of scams because, you know, true caregivers are a a rare breed, I guess, Um, Mm. and they are um, in short demand, Um, both mummies and daddies, I guess. But um, I would say as a male little, it's difficult to come across, um, you know, female caregivers I'd imagine they'd be getting a lot of attention as well. Like, yeah, that's right. So yeah. the, there are very few of them, kind of thing. And um, yeah, like I said to my friend that when she popped up on FetLife, her profile, you know, had that she was a mummy on there, and I could just envision her getting about you know fifty messages in an hour, 
Wow. Uh, kind of thing. So oh, I, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I sent her a message very quickly and um, got to meet for a coffee and, and just chat about what she could expect as a online presence, as a money kind of thing. And, um, yeah, so, so far she's doing pretty well. Yeah, she's got herself a second little now, so, oh. um, and has a little family and a little excursion oh. group and a little... Um, <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. So um no, she's doing well. So yeah, there's a lot of uh a lot of people out there that I suppose that I've experienced that they're willing to try to do it, but um I guess it's like anything, if you know, there there's ones that kind of give it a go, but then, then it's the ones that are actually enthusiastic about it and, and encourage you to getting to little space and stuff and yeah. um, generally the ones that give it a go or that will tolerate it sort of thing will generally sit back and let you do your thing kind of thing but they don't sort of um, if you're looking for someone to you know encourage it and, and you know sort of almost uh, well, force is a bad word but you know also you know kind of strongly encourage you yeah like actively trying to bring that out yeah um then yeah i i I mean there's there's obviously a also a difference psychologically within yourself as a little that you know that you know if someone else is into it then you can sense that and you can feel that and you're a lot more comfortable with yeah you really relax into that space uh yeah yeah. And I realised the pun with your podcast name that I just said. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe it's been an hour already. That went yeah, so quickly. I, <laughs> I feel like I could ask you well, another hour's worth of questions. Yeah. Um, just before we wrap up, uh, you have your own online store, the Bear Cave. Is that right? Yeah, it's called the Bear's Cave. Um yeah, so we I've just recently started that. There was a shop over in Mount Hawthorne in Perth that sold Little Steer uh, a little bit of it. They yep. used to have some uh, nappies and some bibs and pacifiers and bottles and stuff like that. Uh, they didn't have a lot, but um, it was our only source of in-person shopping yeah, I mean that's that's more than what some people have access to, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, I guess a friend of mine and I uh, sort of joined forces, and uh, she sells floggers and and wax and a bit of rope and stuff as well. So we sort of joined forces with our shops, and um, I started the Bears Cave uh, alongside her shop, and we operate out of the same same place but mm-hmm. yeah we've um i've gone towards more of the littles and pets and age play um stuff with the bears cave and she's more with the impact and rope and wax on her side of things yeah so i'm trying to without trying to uh blow my budget i'm um, trying to get some stock in and and uh get a feel for you know what people uh, are wanting yeah, so it's brand new business really, and it's 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 sort of in its infancy stages of feasibility, I guess. Of, yeah. of um, you know, I'm hoping it will continue. I, I would love to, you know, be a provider of um, 
little skier and stuff for people. I, I think it's important to be able to have somewhere that you can come in and, um, you know, physically grab something um, and take it home with you sort of thing. Um, oh, so, well. sorry, um, is this a physical shop or is it online? or uh, both? both. Oh, I didn't realise it was physical. Wow. Yeah. No, oh, so that's fantastic. Both. Yeah. So we have a physical shop in, yeah, in Kelmscott in my workshop. So um, people come here and buy uh you know their meats and um yeah so i'm also trying to get local community members that um make their own things to um you know bring them in and put them on display here as well for yeah, yeah. a friend of mine makes little pet ears and stuff like that so we've oh. we've got them for sale and um yeah just some other other gear that we've got as well so yeah um, that's wonderful yeah i mean i guess like particularly with a um a physical store like that it becomes a community hub then like it's a place that you can go and talk to a human being face to face and yeah that's correct um yeah. feel really safe in exploring that side of yourself so that's fantastic yeah yeah, yeah that, i mean that was one thing um one experience i had uh in may last year was there's a age play convention that has just started in australia uh, called KangaCon. KangaCon. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was held at the Gold Coast in Queensland. And, oh, it's even in my home state. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it ran over three days and the Friday, Saturday and half day Sunday and um, it was really good. It was really well run. Um, it was run by Daddy Graham and, uh, and his tireless committee. And, um, yeah, I attended, I flew over there on the Thursday till the Monday and then we, um, yeah, we just sort of basically stayed at the same hotel as the as the convention and, and, yeah, came downstairs and hung out with all about 140 other people, like-minded people, which wow. was really That's, good. Um, I get so excited when I hear about these things in Australia because... Yeah. <laughs> So we um, get so jealous of all this stuff overseas. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess a turning point for the shop for me was um being able to walk up to a store in the convention itself. Um uh I know Bjorn from uh, my ABDL suppliers had a store at KangaCon and so did uh Bell's Munchkins and AB Universe as well. So um they all supported the convention and um it was amazing just being able to walk up to a table full of bottles passies nappies you name it and just purchase something and everybody else around you was doing exactly the same thing yeah. so uh you didn't have to rush out the back door with it tucked under your shirt or <laughs> you know, in a brown paper bag so no one sees it or anything it was yeah it was just so liberating i guess to be able to do that and then, um, yeah, so I, I guess that inspired me, I guess, to start the Bears Cave and, and have the in-person shop experience where you can walk in and, you know, literally try stuff on and pick stuff up and, you know, feel textures and look at sizes yeah. and yep. stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, so like I said, I'm hoping to grow that 
uh, keep it sustainable. Yeah, we need a, a little bit of community support support for that. And yeah, um, yeah the more the better. Moment. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll put in the show notes a link to your website, and um, hopefully some of our listeners can um, support you in in that endeavor. I think it's so important to build more communities like that. And and as you say, like a convention or a shop, it's. Yep. It is about that being able to feel really safe and comfortable being who you are and not having to hide that. So, yeah, yes. that's, that's awesome. Um, I'll just touch quickly as well. One thing with, um, and I mentioned earlier with the little space and, and particularly with subs uh, space as well, is that I drew up a uh, what I call a submissive questionnaire, which is a form that you would fill out prior to meeting a dominant um, and again it's more about self-discovery and learning about yourself as a sub you know so you've got something to bring to the table including you know just I suppose being honest about your medical conditions um, and your um, traumas and your um, just your limits um, and things that um you know, a dominant's not going to know unless you tell them sort of thing. Yeah. So um, sometimes that's an awkward conversation. Sometimes if you write it out, it's easier to hand someone a bit of paper than to, you know. Have to explain it face-to-face. Correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I come up with a questionnaire. It's a, it's a few pages and basically it's just, um, I mean, it, even simple stuff like living at home, can you host can, uh, or do you need somewhere to go or you know yep. do you have people living at home with you or you know or just things like that just um just so that you uh can establish uh negotiations I guess when you when you meet a dominant um that sounds like a really powerful resource yeah is there somewhere that our listeners can get access to that yeah I can I can I've got that on my file on my computer I can email anybody that that would like um, that. Okay. So I can chuck my email address on the on the description if you like. Oh, if you're uh, happy with that, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so yeah, so basically, it's just a PDF file that you can um, either print out or fill out on Adobe. Um, it's also about what you can offer a dominant as well. It's it's listing what you know a, a few things that you might be able to offer uh, to put on the table. Yeah. So it's just about you getting your your fix <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, this is a two-way thing yeah yeah um i found uh getting to know a lot of female dominance i found that um there was a sort of uh consensus across the board that male subs tended to be fairly thirsty and fairly kind of uh sexual straight off the bat um and also would uh approach a female dominant like a kink dispenser, basically, and mm. um, and uh, again, it's just education, and it's um, it, it's like any other relationship. You need to bring something to the table as well as and and the, you know the person on the other end of the screen is a person. It's not, yep. you know, it, they're not <laughs> just. A, I think a kink dispenser is the best description I've heard for that. I you, yeah. I see it all the time. Yeah, and I think that's just about being a bit naive and being excited about wanting to play and this is, I want to try this and this and this and yep. forgetting that you're talking to a human being and this yeah. is a relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, like I, I encourage you to fill the form out, um, take it with you to meet for coffee or, you know, on your second or third meeting or something and, and you know, when you start discussing the, the kink stuff, um, I don't recommend discussing it the first time you meet somebody. Um, I mean, you both know that you are off fit life anyway, so, you, you know, you know, you know that you're both kinky and stuff, but, um, you know, if you can concentrate on, you know, on the likes, the dislikes, the hobbies, the, the getting to know them a bit first, mm. um, bring out the kinks later and, and then you can build a more trusting and, and meaningful dynamic um yeah and that's like that's respectful as well you're you're demonstrating that respect as you care about each other as people first yeah yeah fantastic all Um, right well I think we might unless you want to add anything else to that before we wrap up um no not really I mean you you've asked me about middle space which uh, I can touch quickly on very quickly uh um, sure all right so middle space um would just be that older age group, um, I suppose, picture uh, high school age or just before sort of thing. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of area in middle space, there's different aspects. Uh, some people like the teacher-student role mm-hmm. for middle space, um, the principal-student roles and, the um, you know, they can be incorporated a l- little bit more BDSM, I suppose, into middle space. Um, most middles, I'm, I'm Nina Bratz. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess they don't probably need as much dependence as, as the littles and the AVs and, and um, yeah, I mean, it... it uh, there's not a lot around for middles, and I, I hope to change that eventually as well. Shortly, actually, um, like I said, I'm running a, running a workshop for middles uh, is the next one I'm doing. So, Fantastic. yeah, um, yeah. If there's any middles in Perth that want to attend that, you're welcome. Um, and yeah, we'll be trying to collaborate with uh, a lady named Charlie who is running. Uh, some other middle stuff as well in more practical sense. Um, I think she was going to start trying to run a classroom or something uh, set up or, um, you know, even, even just a, a space for middles only or something to, you know, to be able to do their thing. Um, yeah. Get terrorised by littles. and <laughs> <laughs> I think middle space I'm really curious about because, um I like I really enjoy my little space but I I feel like those early like tween kind of years for me were a very difficult time in my life and I feel like it would be really um nurturing to be able to get to explore that side of myself in a safe environment like I'm trying to like envision what like how that would differ from little like you mentioned the school stuff um but I guess like anything like being curious about anything sexual but it's like because <laughs> you know <laughs> like boys yeah. and like all that kind of fun early yeah. adolescence yeah um yeah. asking boys out yeah yeah like <laughs> uh that sounds like a lot of fun yeah. um and as you say it's not something you see 
de- definitely not as often as the um, diaper lover stuff or the little space stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'd be great to see more of it just to for people to even realise that exists and that's a part of themselves they can explore. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of to the Ace Fay events, I suppose, are more focused on ABs and Littles. Um, generally, the reason for that is because uh, Middles aren't really well represented in those those events um, for whatever reason. I, I have heard a, a few reasons that they thought the event was for Littles and ABs sort of thing, but in reality it was for them as well. But, you know, they without people turning up, then it's hard to cater for right. people that, you know, may not necessarily turn up. So <laughs> uh, I think that's a so, question for their marketers then. They yeah, need to get that well, message I guess, there. I guess, you know, as, as middles, if, if you are identifying as a middle, um, I really encourage you to get out to HPA events because um, the more that you do, the more that people will accommodate for you and your needs and stuff as well. So yeah. Uh, even KangaCon, I mean that that uh, was quite heavily focused on you know ABs and diapers and stuff. But the more older littles and, and middles that turn up to to that, um, they will start then making sure that you know you're accommodated for and stuff as well. So um, otherwise, it will end up just a, a littles or AB thing. Yeah. No, that's good advice. Get out there. Catch 22. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Bear. Thank you, Arif. I learned so much from this conversation. Uh, You clearly have a lot of knowledge in this area and you're very passionate about this stuff, which really comes across. Um, That's wonderful to talk to you. And I'm sure um, for everyone listening, this has been a really beneficial, positive conversation. So I'll wrap up the episode here. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Till next time, play safe, have fun, and I'll catch you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink.